the music kept playing this morning so we had to get a new computer and byron hooked that all up and leah's uh, doing good back there where were you 23 years ago Dixie and I went to the Birmingham area. I guess we were in Pinson to marry these guys 23 years ago. Debbie and Shane Roberts. Come on, let's bless the Lord for that. Let's bless the Lord for that. And they are kingdom changers, and they're raising up three kingdom changers. They've done good. Dixie's got a word for them. Well, I was just sitting there thinking about you, 23 years of marriage. Isn't that right? 23 years. And um, today is the day, so let's give them a hand. For, that's, maybe that's not a record, but it's above average in some cases. But anyway, I was just sitting there thinking about you two and the things that's on your heart, and I can see that both of you really have um, marriages on your heart. You were talking about teaching that, and I just think the Lord wants to raise that up in you. And it, He's going to make a way, you know, wherever it is, whether it's in the church, through the church, there's a lot of uh, need for that. And I just uh, thought about that, and I want to tell you another um, kind of sideline on this. You've been taking all these pictures of things, you know, and we've been telling her things about that's happened historically years ago that we know about and i really feel like you're going to do something with that maybe you're going to write a book about it uh, i know john brought a man to me the other day and said i need to write a book about it but you'd be a lot more qualified to write about especially our family but i know you know we all have books within us things that's happened to us in our family and i want you all I'm including everybody in this. Y'all can think about this, pray about this, and write down for your children and grandchildren things that have happened that will encourage them. But I, I really bless you guys. I know you've, you're raising a great family, and you're doing a good work. So I just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And all you single ones, I just decree God's got somebody for you if you want someone, okay? In Jesus' name. Well, you know, God's good all the time. That last song, I could just keep playing that, you know. Uh, let's look at, uh, you're going to have to listen fast this morning. Grandma, I need some help too, come on. <laughs> if you're not shouting, Grandma's going to come pray for you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I feel sorry for people that uh, have to drink pickle juice to go to church. They don't know God's got it under control. He just wants us to join Him. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, 
who is in the image of God and Lord Jesus. I thank you for your anointing on the word today. Amen. In Jesus' name. You know, there are people perishing in the, and they don't know the good news. But you know, when I read this verse, it says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. But you know, that's not just the lost. There's a lot of Christians that are unbelieving. We could, if we would all admit this morning, we've all had areas of things we thought was right and then got a revelation of where we need to be in a situation. So there is a God of this world. Now, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ defeated him on the cross and he's empowered us to stand in that victory, but he left that adversary here then he goes around as a roaring lion, but he's not a roaring lion. And we have the victory. But most Christians don't walk in that. Because this, the God of this world keeps us blinded to things. He's got the, the lost blinded. That's why they're not saved. But, as I said, I'll admit to several things I thought was one way. And as I studied it out, I found it's it's not just that way. But you know, Jesus said all authority had been given to him in power. All authority on heaven and earth. The word of God says we have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Now, about a month ago, I went through the teaching on uh, Luke chapter 10, where Jesus Christ sent out the, 20, uh, the 70 disciples people he'd already sent out the the 12 but then he sent the 70 and he gave them power to go out and you remember what happened when they came back they came back and said even the demons were subject to your name and jesus said i saw satan falling from heaven debbie you get that he saw satan falling from heaven now Listen, there's strongholds that need to be torn down. There's strongholds in our lives. The answer is amen. amen. Okay. There's strongholds over cities, over countries, over nations that need to be torn down. Now, and you're deceived if you think they're only over there somewhere else. They're right here. There's a very religious one over Skytook. There's probably 30 churches, and we're going to have a dinner this week, and I've got six past, six of us, six couples are going to dinner. So, what divides us? There's strongholds that need to be torn down. Jesus said, I saw Satan falling from heaven. There were strongholds fallen down but he said don't rejoice in that rejoice that your name is written in the lamb's book of life so we've got to stay grand grounded in the person of the lord jesus christ i want to show you some examples of how that works uh, i talked to you about gideon but let's look at uh, judges six just a minute just a couple of verses in that Judges 6, uh, 
verses 25 and 26. After Gideon, who was hid out in a wine press, thrashing wheat, just survived for his family, and this angel of the Lord came to him, and he thought he was dying because he had seen the Lord. But it said in verse 25, On that same night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and his second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father. Cut down the aster that is beside you. Anybody go tear down something belonging to their dad? <laughs> you remember what a wreck that would have been? <laughs> oh, you did want that tree torn down, right? <laughs> and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold in an orderly manner and take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the astra which you shall cut down. So Gideon did it. And, I, and I've said this before, that this message changed my life years ago because that's when the Lord spoke to me to preach. And I'm depending on God to speak to you today about something. And I want to hear you tell it about it when we get through. But w there was no emphasis then on what it meant to tear down that stronghold of Baal. And that Asherah, which was a female goddess. Amen. And that, that Baal was over that region. To take when God judges a nation, let me say it this way. When God judges a nation, he judges their gods. And Gideon would have never took that country without dealing with Baal first. And if you think you're just going to walk in and save a neighborhood, you, you better get on your face and be sure you've got the mind of God. Because you might be like Jackson was when he grabbed his Bible and jumped out to witness the three guys and they beat him up. You better know that God has sent you. So they tore down that altar. They built on it the altar of God. They replaced that altar with a godly altar. Who's got an idol in your life that needs to come down and a godly altar be built on that place? What's an idol? An idol is anything you have to ask before you can say yes to God. So if God's told you this today, He was going to make you a missionary and send you somewhere, who would you have to ask before you could say yes to God? Nobody. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Grandma's ready to go. But we have to tear down those altars. Now, what's keeping your your unsaved family or your family that's at a, had a, one time had a walk with God, what's keeping them from walking with God now? It's got something to do with an idol and God of this world. Listen, it's easy to say just come to Jesus and get saved. It's easy to get saved because Jesus Christ paid the whole price. It's easy to get a child born but it's a different process getting them raised up Amen. 
So these strongholds have to come down. Ask God what they are. There's some others in this, in this region. But let's think about what are the ones in our lives that keep us a lid on us. Keep us from doing what we think God wants us to do. Keeps us from being what you know God has put in your heart to do. Amen. What makes it... Why is everybody else getting blessed and it's just dry where you're at? They're strongholds. You know, we've, we've, there's a war within us. There's a part of us that says, Oh, yes, I love you, Jesus, but mm, not that. Anything but... It's just easy to say, Oh, I love you, Lord. But, you know, sometimes he calls our names. And I'm, if he's ever called your name, it'll scare you spitless. And you know it. Because as long as I or someone else preaches and you hear something and somebody says, we ought to do that, you say, well, that's just Pastor Gerald. God hadn't told me yet. When he tells you, I don't want you obeying me, you obey him. I have no right over you that way. My job is to proclaim the word. If you choose not to obey it, it's on you. And we're, we're all that way. We have to learn to walk with him, but take into notice it could be a demonic stronghold over a region. It could be over your family. There's family curses. There's been family curses in our family, I promise you. And we've probably all attributed to them. We can be forgiven. But those things have to get dealt with. They don't just go away. They just don't go away. Well, let's see. Just remember. When God deals with a nation, He deals with their gods. You know what I'm thinking about He's dealing with in America? You know a God He's dealing with here? I don't think sports will ever be as much as they've been. I, think, I know basketball and football is already nationally taking a hit to some extent. I'm telling you, I've said this before, there's men that want to rule the world apart from God. And there's some of those Ball players the same way. They thank they're gods. They don't know they're there just because God blessed them with that ability and a body to do that. But you know what? We can do that in our own businesses. We can think, look what I've done. And we get in the end up in the same place. But you know that spirit ruled the world when Moses was a child and the rule was kill all the baby boys you know that spirit still prevails when Hitler came into power well let me back it up a little bit when the temple, temple was desecrated and Jews, Jerusalem was run over some way or other that altar was taken out of there and some man I had his name but Put it all back together and it survived for years and Hitler got that altar 
He built a big stage and he had that altar there that used to have godly sacrifices on it. And he come out and he said, I have something to say. And he began to take over and you know what his reign was. It wasn't just the babies that were massacred, but it was millions, particularly of the Jewish people. In 2008, Barack Obama, the president, had a replica of that stage made. And he stood there and he said, I have something to say. And you know what the first thing he did as president? He signed a bill. The first thing he signed was abortion on demand. The same spirit that was alive in Egypt, Moses was supposed to have been killed. See how those things work? Hey, it's still here. Oklahoma has passed numerous laws, but they're getting ready to open, we heard recently, two more abortion clinics in Oklahoma. Strongholds have to come down. They have to be prayed down. They have to be... We have to pursue these things. But I just want you to see how, how this works as we walk through it. Oh, have you heard their new song they're singing? Like a choir of 40 gay men? We're coming after your children. We're coming after your children. They're braggadocious about, we're coming after your children. And you're so dumb you don't even know we're coming after your children. It's kind of what they're saying. Well, we declare you're not having our children. In Jesus' name. And let me tell you, I don't think a lot of the universities are any better. I, I read some figures, I forget how many professors, and they found one conservative. The rest were all liberal. You, you look at the millennials that have been raised up, and most kids now that go off to college in a couple years give up their faith. We, we've got to put more in them some way. I mean, there's an adversary out there. You see that spirits out there? Are those not strongholds that need to come down? But you know, there's a stronghold over Christians where we're deceived, where we send our kids places they shouldn't go. Well, they've got their own right. That's right. You tell them they can go wherever they go as long as they can afford to pay for it. If they want you to pay for it, you've got something to say about it. Amen. And, and we need to do that. Debbie and Shane are doing that. I've heard some stories about it. They've, they've done it. Let me show you an, another story here. You know, uh, in Egypt, on the, all the, the ten plagues, the lice, the flies, all those represented gods. They were Egyptian gods. And God defeated them. Strongholds have to be torn down to take over a region. Let me, let me show you one where there's some power of the adversary and power of God in it. Look at 2 Kings chapter 3. 
Let, let me tell you a story before we read that scripture. Ahab had been king of Israel. Israel was divided into two countries, Israel and Judah. Ahab was king of Israel and he died and his son took over. His son became king and he approached the king of Judah. He said, I want you to go to war with me. The king of Moab had been under servitude to Israel. And they paid Israel every year 100,000 lambs and, and the, the shearing of 100,000 rams. They got the wool. But when Ahab died, they quit paying tribute. So this young king says, no, you're going to keep paying tribute. And he asked Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, to go with him. In fact, they also got the king of Edom to go with him. And Jehoshaphat said, what direction? How are we going to go? And he said, we're going through the desert. So these three kings and their armies, so there would have been thousands of people, and they're going out to fight the Moabites. And they go seven days, and there's no water. And they've got these thousands of men, but they've got a herd of cattle with them for food and such as. And it gets so bad that the king of Israel says, God, you're going to give these three kings into the hands of the Moabites. And Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a man of God here? And they call Elisha. Now, I don't know if he's with them or if they had to go get him. But they, they bring him. And he says to the king of Israel, if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even come. I would have nothing to do with you because you're like your father Ahab. And he said, have you got a word from God? He said, bring me a minstrel. And then I'll, I'll, let me read you part of the story here. In uh, verse 17, verse 16, he said, The Lord said, Make the valley full of trenches. Go dig trenches. For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. And he will give the Moabites into your hands. He said, that's a slight thing for God to give you water. Now let me ask you, what, have you, what, what are you facing in your life that you think is impossible for God? When you think of thousands of men, hundreds of cattle in a desert with no water. And the prophet said, that's a slight thing. That's easy. That's like me buying coffee at the restaurant. He said, that's nothing. But see, there's things we look at and we think is impossible. It's not impossible for your family to come to the Lord, angel. It's not impossible. The devil keeps telling you that, but it's not impossible. It's a lie. But see, we get trapped in things like that, believing God can't do it. Rhonda, it's not too hard for God to turn someone's life around. It's not too hard. So they're, they're crying out to God. In verse 
20, it happened in the morning about the time of the offering and the sacrifice that behold, water came by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. He said, that, that's just a little thing for God to do. That give you a bigger picture of how powerful our God is. The prophet got a word and God says, no, I'll do it. You just declare it and I'll do it. What do you need to declare that you really know God wants to do? Declare it and He'll do it. Amen. As you believe, so shall it be done unto you. Amen. Do it. Verse 21, Now all the Moabites, I said Midianites, I think a while ago, they're Moabites, they're ites anyway, heard that the king had come up to fight against them. And all who were able to put on the armor put on the armor and the older were summoned and stood at the border. They rose early in the morning, sun shone on the water and the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely fought together. They have slain one another. Now therefore, Moabite to the spoil. Now that's Satan's plan, see. But, there's always a but. When they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites arose and struck the Moabites so that they fled before them and they went forward into the land and slaughtering the Moabites. God told them, I'll, I'll give you the Moabites. I'll send the water. Our God is just as able today as he was in that day. I decrease strongholds and our unbelief stop those things from coming now let me show you a different side look at verse 26 when the king of Moab saw the battle was too fierce for him he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through to to the king of Edom, but they could not. In other words, they tried to break through where the king of Edom and his men were. He took 700 of his bravest men and they tried to break through, but they couldn't. They were trapped. I mean, these three armies had them surrounded. Then he took his oldest son, who was to reign in his place, and offered him as a burnt offering on the wall. And there came great wrath against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. Now, if you don't think Satan's got some power, here's a, a demon-possessed king. He'd have to be to take his own son. He offered his son to save himself. Our Father God offered his son to save us all. Amen. That's quite a comparison, isn't it? But that man offered his son to save himself. And there's powers in darkness. I, I've heard of someone went to another country and this witch doctor come up and said, I'll show you my power. And he pointed at a calendar. We're used to calendars on the wall. And the calendar tore, kind of split. The man of God says, Satan always destroys my God heals and he pointed at it in Jesus name and it came back together. 
But I think this is such a story that we need to be aware of the power of darkness. There is powers of darkness, but they're not comparable to the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and His kingdom. Amen. But we've got to be under the blood. You've got to be under the... Abide there. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Are you dwelling in the shelter of the Most High? Will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you're out here running around doing your thing... And all at once you need an emergency and you're, it's, oh God. He says, I, I'm back over here. You've left me. But that story has always just fascinated me. Of There is demonic power. That king and 700 men couldn't get out. But when he made that sacrifice... It, it chilled him some way. It stopped it. He went, King of Moab went back to his country. It's a sad story, really. I mean, they had, they had victory, but yet they didn't really win. I think that's the way our soldiers come back from Vietnam. They knew they could have just totally won, but they weren't allowed to. I think that's, I think that's what happened here. But, but God, huh? What, what battles are you facing? What are these battles? Let me show you another one. Look at Exodus chapter 14. Well, we all know the story. They've had Passover. They put the blood on the threshold, they stayed in their houses. The death angel came over. That was another God that got dealt with in Israel. See, the gods of Israel were supposed to have protected the firstborn. But they, if they didn't have blood on the house, the firstborn didn't get protected. So the God of Israel was defeated there. And, you know, they left and they started their journey. They took Joseph's bones with them. And yet, Pharaoh decided to pursue them. And they've been gone just a few days there. And they're, they come to the Red Sea. But don't underestimate where God's at in your life. If you feel like you're against the wall, you just need the Lord God. This, this is such a story. And remember, when God deals with a nation, He deals with their gods. Verse 14. <clears throat> now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back. In other words, you're, if you're going north, He says you turn around and go south. And Pharaoh just knew he had them captured there. Turn back and camp before Pi. Heroth, I had that all studied out yesterday, between Mignol and the sea, and you shall camp in front of Baal Zephon opposite it by the sea. I read some numbers yesterday that said uh, the Red Sea's maximum width is 190 miles. 
And there's people that call it the Reed Sea. And I, and I heard a pastor, I was in another church in a Sunday school with a friend of mine one time, and he talked about the Red Sea, and maybe they could have about waded through it. But it said the greatest depth is 9,580 feet. I, I don't think Israel probably crossed at the widest part, but it was a miracle. But there they were. And I've heard two prophets in the last month talk about this passage. Uh, Robin Bullard and Dutch Sheets. I heard them both address this, that this Baal Zephon was the God of Israel. And he says, you shall camp in front of Baal Zephon, opposite of it. You have to face the enemy. They had to face their enemy. What is the thing you don't want to face? Well, if I've got five phone calls to make and one of them I really don't want to make, I just need to make it first and get it over with. But what is it, <clears throat> what is it in your life that you don't want to face? It's a stronghold. It was a demonic stronghold, <clears throat> pardon me, over that region. And they thought they had them trapped, but God's the one that told them to turn around and go back and get in that place. Amen. God obviously knew what he was doing. Hallelujah. And God told Moses, you know, get up, quit your whining, just take your staff and Declare the sea to open up and march on the cross. <laughs> Sounds easy. We've heard that. We've saw the movie and everything. That's where I first started wooing Dixie, you know, seeing that movie. The waters rolled back. But that power had to be defeated. But what's the power that stops you from walking in what God wants you to walk in? What's the thing, what's the holdups in our lives that we allow to stop us? We, we need to respond to real Holy Ghost conviction, not just condemnation. There's so many voices that just fly around all the time. We need to be able to discern between conviction and condemnation. I mean, there's always that voice that says, oh, if you'd just do more, if you'd just, if you just, there's no end to that. Amen. But we, we want to walk with a God that told Moses, even though it looks wrong, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. See, you're either plundering the enemy's camp or you're being plundered. Now, come on, we used to sing a song. I'm going to go to the enemy's camp and I'm going to take back what he's stolen from me. Every one of us have had things stolen from us from our adversary that God meant for us to have, whether it's money or souls for the kingdom. And we've all got family out there or friends out there The God of this world has got their eyes blinded. 
What about this? What about plundering? How do you do that? We have to learn how to do it in everyday life. I had a friend. This was a horse trading story. One of them had a horse trailer they wanted to sell. And one of them had a Palomina mare. And I forgot. I know the two guys, but I forgot which one had which now. And I traded all their stuff. They never did meet. But I handled it. Jess, I handled it. I, I got them together. And, and, and that's right. And, and, I, and I got the spoils. I got the spoils. You're either being plundered or you're going into the enemy's camp and getting what you want in there. No, we're saying, God, would you go? And you know what God says? I got a word for you. If you go, I'll go. <laughs> That's the way it is. If you'll go, I'll go. Amen. If you'll go, I'll go. I, I tell you, to me, that is, that is such a story that God brought them right back to face. In that town where they were camped before, it meant it was the, the mouth of a gorge. He brought them back to a rough place and set them facing their enemies and then says, go forth. Go forth. I, th I think that's our word. That we go forth in him. But we've got to plunder. You can't be neutral in a time of war. And I'm going to tell you, the church as a whole is neutral. We can sing our songs and we can get our tickets punched for being here. But let's go out and do the stuff. But to do the stuff... You're going to have to bring to God the things that you know that you need to deal with. And I, when I was last night, I woke up and was thinking about this, and I know the Lord gave me this. And He says, where, where there's sin, there's a stronghold. If you've got a sin and you've asked God to help you deal with it and you can't give, get free from it, there's a demonic stronghold with it, and until that's dealt with, you're not going to get free. You're going to try harder, but you're not going to get free because that has got to be torn down. And I declare, and, and we're, what we're saying is, Lord, you didn't do enough. We're saying, Lord, the blood of Jesus is not enough. Well, that's wrong because the blood of Jesus is enough. We just won't give it to Him. We just won't say, God... I've made a mess of this. I can't overcome it. Only you can. He, and then you know what he says? You're the one I'm looking for. The one that will say, I can't, but I'm willing to surrender it to you. And I, I just challenge you with that this morning. That where's he at? Where's the Lordship of Christ in that? See, where, where there is sin, there's a stronghold. But that must come down for you to be free in Christ. I love this verse in Romans 5.17. Therefore, by the transgression of the one, death reigned. In other words, through 
Adam and his sin, death reigned. But it says much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life with Christ Jesus. Now, if, you're, if we're reigning in life with Christ Jesus, we can walk into the enemy's camp and take back what he's stolen from us. But there's a lot of the church, there's a lot of saved people that are not reigning in life with Christ Jesus. So they're still under the curse of sin and death. They may be saved, but they're not reigning with life in Christ Jesus. So that's my challenge today, is Amen. we need to bring it all back. And if God's showing you an area where there's a stronghold, or you man or woman enough to deal with it, to bring it to say, God, I need help. See, our stinking pride will keep us saying, I think I can just try. I'll just read six more pages every day. And you'll be reading six more pages. Just bring it to Jesus. Let's stand. Let somebody worship Him. I pray you they'll play that last song. Let's just worship Jesus. But listen, what are you going to deal with what you've heard this morning? What about dealing with it? What about bringing it to Jesus? If you need to bring it to Jesus, just come. Somebody will help you. We've all been in that place where we need somebody to help us. We still need somebody to help us. Pray for the church. Just pray. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Come on, I'm not going to call you out. Just come.
Come on, men. Let's tear down the altars. Lord, show us. We declare the heavens open, Lord. We can hear you. Listen, Jesus is the only one that can. Give it to Jesus. Open your hands and say, Lord, you take it. I've made a mess of it. You take it, Lord. He's the only one who can. He's the only one that can. Rhonda, there's hope. There's hope. He's our hope.
Amen. Well, what did the Lord say to you today? Ashley? Amen. Amen. Because that's the land. Why not? What else? Amen. Amen. Recover all. Amen. 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 There's some of those things you can't take with you. Here you go. He says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And uh, I was, he shows me stuff in the natural. And so I was looking for, we have this scale for, for weighing yourself. And I could have used it, you know, a week or so ago. But I knew it needed batteries. Well, this morning I I got it out, but then I ran across, I put, opened it up, because I thought, well, I'm going to go buy some batteries for it. And I uh, opened it up and looked at it, and I realized I had access. I had the batteries already. They were, they were up on a shelf above the, above the computer. I had access to them already. And so he's given us everything that pertains to life yep. and godliness. His, his word. So we have access to it, but we got to go looking for it. We got to, we got to dig into it. So. I love it that the Lord speaks even before I come here because He He really yeah. spoke to me about something that um, I needed to that I had put above Him, and um, so I repented. Amen. And you know there there are a lot of things before us. And uh, I'm reading this book about hearing from God, and uh, he was talking about um, how you can use um, somebody's tattoo to give them a word or the color of their hair. And I went to go get this computer, and the girl that uh, helped me, half of her head was pink and half of it was purple. And I thought, and I just read this, and I was like, oh, Lord. And honestly i was like i can't do this and so then i and then so i had to go back to actually pick it up and i was like lord please don't let that girl be there because i don't want to have to give her a word about what the lord's saying through her hair and um she was there and i didn't say anything and um i'll probably get to go back but you know i mean it's just i mean god can speak however he wants to whether it's through a scale and a pair of set of batteries or whatever he he can teach and he want he's wanting to you us to be awakened to those things because it's that mean i know what it means for that girl so i guess i'll probably get to go to best buy but anyway and i hate best buy but anyways um but as we were sitting here um and Stella said she had a word for someone, but um, Dean, I saw you on a pogo stick, and I was like, yeah, just that. And I was like, what in the world? 
But I just felt like that the Lord's taking you off of the uppity, bumpity, up and down, and he's putting you on solid ground. So um, I just speak peace and grace over you in that transition. It's going to be good. So I just, that was kind of wild. But um, this morning, as I was reading, um, the Lord gave me a verse here for somebody. I can get to it. And it's Proverbs 18. Did you read the Proverbs this morning? I did. I was afraid you'd ask. I didn't want to have to say no. And I even said, Lord, save Biden. So in case you covered that. But um, it says, a man's gift makes room for him. And it brings him before great men. And Shane, that is a word for you. And I don't know what your promotion is going to be. And I, I know it's going to be spiritual. And I don't know, I'm not saying that you're getting a promotion at your job. But I know that your giftings and your callings are going to make room for you. And, right. and he has got, I mean, I am telling you, it is so much bigger than you can even imagine. But um, it's going to be really good i mean it's for both of you because you're as one but then as it goes down in um, verse 22 he said he who finds a true and faithful wife finds a good thing and attains favor and approval from the lord and you have found her and you have that and i just bless you all for that you're welcome he had his eyes on her for several years (laughs) he finally grew up (laughs) They met in kindergarten. (laughs) Come on, Stella. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, as we were worshiping this morning, I got a word for Angel. Angel, you're in my heart. So I questioned it. I said, God, is that me or is that you? And uh, I lost my place here. I was asking him that, and I was looking down, and he told me to tell you that your tears are precious to him. And I thought, oh, if, I'm a, if I tell her that, she's going to cry. So I turned around to look at you, and you were already crying. But I saw you crying out to the Lord in a way that is kind of, he said you're crying out to him but you're crying out that you're tired and that your strength is almost gone and he wants you to know in psalms 46 1 god is our refuge and our strength we don't move that mountain on our own god moves that mountain and that's the word i have for you today anyone else Angel, what about David Eller? Okay. She's a caretaker for David Eller. A lot of you know him, and he's, David's been a good man, but he's, it's just, he could go and be with the Lord anytime. So just pray about that. Shane, you're Debbie, got any word thing you want to say? All right. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for this army that you're building. And Lord, we go out to plunder. We're tired of being plundered. 
I speak blessings over the people in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.